This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Brought to you by Corrigin Max Insecticide from FMC, the three times more concentrated formulation that more sustainably delivers all the power of the Corrigin Insecticide you know and trust. See your local retailer today. Hello, my name is Derek Cloutier, and I'm the editor of Top Crop Manager West. And today on Inputs, we're joined by Jocelyn Smith, a research scientist for field crop pest management at the University of Guelph's Ridgetown campus. She's going to talk to us today about pests that impact corn crops in eastern Canada and how growers can mitigate those pests. Welcome to the podcast, Jocelyn. Thank you, Derek. Thanks for having me. No problem. Let's dive right into it here. Let's start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and the kind of research that you do at the University of Guelph. Okay. Well, yes, I I guess I've been doing this field crop entomology research now at Ridgetown for almost 20 years, if I include the the time when I started my master's there and uh, and things. I worked with uh, OMAFRA a bit before that as well as, a, in, as summer jobs. But Yes, I, I've uh, worked with Dr. Art Shafsma in the past at Ridgetown. He was the entomologist there that I did my master's and PhD work with. And I've been managing the entomology research for about 10 years or so now. And my research covers everything from studying the biology of field crop insect pests. And when I say field crops in Ontario, we're pretty much talking about corn, soybeans, and cereals. The odd time we get into edible beans a little bit too, uh, but those would be the, the big ones. And as I said, we, we study the biology of these pests, whether they're new to our area or they've been there for a long time and things are maybe starting to shift with them and then how we can manage them. And we look at everything in the toolbox from, you know, studying insecticide efficacy to transgenic crops, um, biological controls, cultural controls, economic thresholds and monitoring. So the, the start to finish with these pests really and one of the uh, major specializations that my lab has developed is is looking at resistance among insect among insect pests to uh, transgenic crops, especially Bt corn and the insects that uh, are targeted to control with that. So we're the only lab in Canada that does this resistance monitoring of corn pests for Bt corn, and we we have a, a facility where we rear all these different pest species, and we can use them to study, you know the different aspects of this resistance that's developing and how we can manage it, including their genetics behind it. So, so those, those are some of the things that we do. Wow. That's great. 20 years. You've definitely been in school a lot longer than uh, most people <laughs> have. It hasn't been all school that whole time. Definitely well-educated on that. So corn can be susceptible to several pests, including the European corn borer, cutworms, wireworms, grubs, maggots, you name it. So from your research, which pests do you think will be the biggest threat to corn growers in Ontario and Eastern Canada this coming year? Well, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head that we expect will be a major issue this year. You know, everything shifts year to year. It's hard to know how the win- how the winter affected the insects, what kind of population levels are going to show up during the growing season. We don't have a lot of really good predictions on that kind of thing. But 
we have, you know, we have some issues that have kind of been building in the last few years that we're concerned about. And a big one there would be corn rootworm in Ontario. We have more continuous corn acres than we used to and, uh, and more corn re uh, rootworm resistance to the BT traits developing. So we can talk a little bit about that today. I think that's a big one to keep on our radar. In other insects, pests, I mean, we've been monitoring um, some of the migratory moths that fly into the province in the spring, such as black cutworm and true armyworm. And we've seen, you know, that those peaks have happened in the last week or two. So I think growers should be aware that now in the next couple of weeks is a good time to be scouting newly emerging corn for black cutworm. And of course, this is also the time when you should be having a look to see if there's any problems happening due to the uh, soil pests in the in the spring, such as wireworms, maybe seed corn maggot or grubs, those could be out there. And then we seem to consistently have issues um, with Western bean cutworm in Ontario anymore and, and towards the rest of Eastern Canada. So that's one that we expect will be here in some level this year. But otherwise, you know, the big corn pests such as European corn borer, most of our corn in, in uh, Eastern Canada is protected from that with BT. So that one, we don't really worry too much about in field crops, more so in sweet corn and things like that. But I'd say those are the main ones that are probably on the radar. And then, you know, it just kind of depends what flies in from the South year after year that happens, or if the environmental condi conditions are conducive to something uh, becoming a big problem this year. Perfect. And since we're talking about weather, I'm just going to skip forward a, a couple questions here because you brought that up. So how does weather play a role um, when it comes to pests that impact corn? Yeah, and I, I think it's kind of difficult to make a general statement on that because it really depends on the insect and it depends on the time of the year that it's around and the, the stage of the crop that's vulnerable. But I think it would be fairly safe to say that under hot and dry conditions, which we are seeing right now in Ontario, that so far this spring, it's, it's starting to get pretty dry. So that if that continues, that's concerning because, you know, when the, the crops are already stressed from, from lack of moisture, then the insect injury can be worse and the plants just can't handle it as well. So there's that aspect that could play a role, but you also have to think about how the weather impacts the pest biology and for example, sometimes under really hot and dry condition, some insects might not survive as well as egg masses or as little tiny caterpillars when they first hatch out for, from those eggs. So, you know, that can play a role sometimes. But again, those are kind of things that we really are just going by observations. We don't have a lot of great predictive models on that. And of, of some of the pests that you that you mentioned in your last answer that you're keeping an eye on this season, what are some of the telltale signs that those are present in a farmer's crop? Like what can they look for either in the soil or in the corn that would indicate that those pests are present? I'm afraid it depends on the, on the time of year and the crop stage that you're scouting. But this time of year when we're early, corn is just coming up. I'd say from now until about the V4, V5 stages, um, you're looking for symptoms like, well, obviously gaps in the stand that would indicate maybe you had some soil insect pest pressure there, wireworms or seedworm maggots. Um, but as the pests are in these early seedling stages, if you see, you know, wilting plants or purplish leaves or a little bit of twisted leaf, uh, the leaves aren't unfurling as they should. 
that's a good sign to dig those plants up and look for wireworm feeding or grub feeding on the root system. That's, uh, that's one that can happen at this time of the year. And like I mentioned earlier, um, looking for plants that are being cut off at the soil level by black cutworm possibly, or small pinholes of feeding in the leaves that can indicate some, some early instar cutworm injury. If we get a little bit later into the season um, and in corn rootworm are present, so, and it stays uh, dry like it is right now, drought stress symptoms in the corn will definitely be exaggerated. In Ontario and in the Southwest here, we assume that corn rootworm eggs start to hatch around June 10th, and they are feeding on the root system for about a month or so. And so when there's adequate moisture in the growing season, the injury might not be all that obvious unless you have a really heavy rootworm population in the field. But if it stays dry, the plants are going to start to suffer even, even sooner and they'll look, they're going to look even more drought stressed. There may be more lodging, goosenecking, the root systems are going to be really compromised. And so that, even though we might have a lower rootworm populations, it's going to show up earlier in a dry situation. Again, going later into the season, even further, if you think about the ear feeding insect pests, ones that actually feed on the kernels and things like Western bean cutworm, we don't, most growers don't see that type of injury until we're into like, you know, blister milk stage of, of ear development. So we recommend that they scout for the egg masses though, around the um, late July, early August. And, and if, they are, if they're there, hopefully they can control them so that they catch that injury before it happens in the years later on. And then there's a lot of other things that we're monitoring just by seeing when they're going to fly into the province or to, you know, eastern Canada from the south. A lot of these migratory moths that sometimes they, uh, they don't show up, they can be very sporadic, but some years they show up in big numbers later in the season, like corn earworm or fall armyworm. Uh, and again, there's not a whole lot we would do about those ones because you're not, you're not going to see them until the larvae are found in the ears. So even if we're monitoring for them, there's not, I'm afraid there's not a whole lot we can do with, we don't know which fields are going to be hit. So it's all, you know, coming down to scouting and looking for, looking for signs and, of things that are out of the ordinary in your field. Right. And, and speaking of those pests that might be migrating from the South up, are there, are there any Ones in particular that maybe the past 10 to 15 years were not really a major issue, but recently have become more prevalent in Ontario and Eastern Canada that maybe might be caused by any kind of changing weather patterns that you're seeing more of? I don't think we have anything consistently happening yet, but there are some models that show that we could potentially have more corn earworm overwintering closer to us every year, like in the the, the, the states closest to us. So there's a possibility that that kind of thing could, could change over time. But I think the main thing that I wanted to talk about with this, you know, and that what's changed from 10 to 15 years ago that's now becoming more of an issue for corn producers is that we're starting to see a number of cracks in the BT corn system in terms of insects developing resistance to them. And so that's unfortunate. I mean, it's not completely unexpected because insects tend to always figure out a way to, to uh, become resistant to whatever we're trying to control them with. 
there's just so many of them and they reproduce like crazy. So the, the odds are always going to be against us. They're very but, resilient. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But BT corn has been such a success story, especially with European corn borer. That's what it was originally developed for in like 25 years ago. And unfortunately, we found the very first case of European corn borer resistance to BT traits in Nova Scotia in 2018. And so um, we've been monitoring that for a few years now. And even last year in 2022, in the fall, we're now picking up resistance to an additional BT trait. So the first one to go was CRY1F. And now we're seeing resistance to CRY1AB and maybe, well, cross resistance to CRY1A.105 as well. So there are only four BT proteins that control European corn borer. And now in Nova Scotia, we know we have three of the four compromised. So the concern is, of course, that this is going to spread around, uh, you know, to, to south, more towards Quebec and Ontario and down into the U.S. We, we're doing a lot of um, talking about that because we want people to be aware and to keep their eyes out for European corn borer injury in their fields. And I, we, we have monitored, you know, elsewhere in Canada uh, routinely just to see if anything is changing. And we have unfortunately been able to pick up a cryonef resistant population near Montreal, Quebec, and one um, over near Carmen in Manitoba. So it might be that this is a bigger problem than we're, we're expecting. And uh, we did, we're going to keep an eye on it for the next few years. But in, in southwestern Ontario, we haven't found any signs of problems yet. But we want everybody to keep this on their radar to think about uh, looking for that good old corn borer injury, which could be, you know, broken tassels that you might see that look, they start to kind of turn red after the, the, the vasculature has been cut off. Or you see the holes in the stalk lower on the plant, like below the ear and the sawdust that's coming out of the holes, which is the corn borer's grass or excrement that they push out of the holes. So those are the signs and symptoms we want people to be looking for. What do you want growers to be doing to notify you or whomever about possible resistance to these uh, these corn borer resistance? I mean, we're going to always be encouraging growers to be scouting their fields, to look for insect injury that it would, we would call that unexpected. I mean, if you see corn borer injury in any BT corn hybrid, that is unexpected at this point. And so if you see something like that, Notify your your seed dealer, your um, agronomist, your the your provincial representative, or we have this group called the Canadian Corn Fest Coalition, which kind of includes all of those people, all of the stakeholders in the BT corn world, and um, we're all um, working together to to monitor for this resistance and try to identify where it's happening and and educate growers about how to slow the spread of this and. And if it's pot, if it's present, what they can do to hopefully knock back corn borer populations in those areas. Perfect. Is there a percentage of crop that growers can just naturally accept might become damaged by pests that maybe isn't so worrisome because it just naturally does occur every year? And is there kind of a threshold that growers should be looking at? Like I can accept this percentage of my crop being damaged by pests, but once it goes beyond this threshold, I need to be doing something to mitigate this. Yep, there absolutely is. And I, and uh, again, it depends on the insect, the pest. Um, there's been a lot of research done on that type of thing for each pest over the years from different regions and you know, it, we have some 
pretty good economic thresholds on some of the insects. Well, I would say everything that you can go to in, say, the crop protection guide or the agronomy guide from OMAFRA, you know, they have got that information in there. So these economic thresholds are basically based on that very premise that, you know, you can withstand so much injury by a certain insect pest economically, uh, you know, that the economic threshold is based on where the cost of doing the, the control is going to equal right. the, uh, the, the economic loss from the insect injury. So yeah, that's an economic threshold or an action threshold, sometimes they're called. I would say go to, you know, any extension materials from the provincial reps or universities, and that's where you'll find that information. It's not practical to think that we can eradicate or can get 100% control of any insect pests. They're just too um, too complicated, and biology is just too complex for that to happen. But we have a lot of good tools out there, and a lot of good knowledge as to when is the you know when it is really justified to do some some management for an insect pest, and and it also takes into consideration that we're we're going to do that so that we're also not just you know wasting money, but also maybe causing environmental harm by by using things that we don't really need to. Perfect. Thank you very much. So is there any last tips or advice that you'd like to provide to our listeners about how to best deal with corn pests? Well, I think one thing I wanted to mention is the that I, I wish growers would get a better understanding of the BT traits that they're using in their fields. Uh, because resistance is becoming more prevalent with not just European corn borer, but corn rootworm, we have a lot of resistance now to all of the BT traits that are out there. Western bean cutworm is resistant to everything except one BT trait, corn earworm, same story. There's only one trait that works on that. Growers need to, to have a good understanding of what their hybrids are actually going to control. And, and when they see the insect pest damage, whether they should be worried or not. And so you can find that information from the Canadian Corn Pest Coalition website. It's www.cornpest.ca. And there's a, a, a trait table on there, we call it, that explains all of that for growers. So hopefully they can uh, learn that uh, information uh, to help them out. And then, of course, we're always going to encourage scouting, like I said, to keep an eye on what's out there. And I know that's difficult with people who have a lot of acres and not enough time. So I would say the other thing to do is to pay attention to um, you know, extension bulletins, keep an eye on Twitter and, and the provincial reps and the things they're saying, because when a problem is showing up, they're going to notify everyone. So that's that you should go and have a look to see if it's affecting you. That's great, Jocelyn. Thanks a lot for all your insight today. You're welcome. Brought to you by Corrigin Max Insecticide from FMC. When you need to protect your corn from damaging insects, Corrigin Max Insecticide delivers fast and reliable extended control of Western bean cutworm, European corn borer, corn earworm, and more. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.